0: Welcome everyone, this is the D-Hour Network, I'm your host Marcia Patterson for For Your Health Show. I want to wish everyone a happy Memorial Day, it's a beautiful day here in Atlanta. We're in the month of May, I mean the year is going by, but I pray everyone is safe and enjoying this one, you got um, a day off tomorrow for Memorial Day that you take time to reflect on the men and women who served our country to allow us to be able to live the way we live here in the United States. So we just want to pause for a moment and say we just salute them, you know, um, our men and women in armed forces and people who are serving our government that's supposed to be serving us. And so we want to take time and say we appreciate their, their sacrifice and their lives and even their families and what they have to do without them for them to do what they have to do. So I just want to take time and say, okay, happy Memorial Day, and we hope it's a safe Memorial Day for people traveling over the weekend. So I'm excited about my guest. She's been on the show before, and I truly believe, you know, the Bible tells us to train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart. And, I mean, a part of that training is constantly telling them over and over again and teaching them. And this is what I want this show about to be about for us to kind of constantly be in your ear to remind us about what we can do to have better health and what that health looks like. Um, my guest is um, Roberta Rogio. Am I always pronouncing your Rogio? Am I pronouncing your last name wrong, Roberta? Rogio. Am I pronouncing how you pronounce your last name correctly? Roberta, are you there? Okay. Roberta, can you hear me? All right, I'm seeing that she can't hear me. I have her mic on. Roberta, are you there? Okay, let's see here. I'm going to see. I don't know if she can hear me. But uh, Roberta, if you can hear me, uh, please try calling back, or I don't know if you have yourself on mute. You can take yourself off the mute. 'Cause I wanna um introduce you and I know um Wolfram seemed like he just called in. Let me check and see. Wolf Okay, can you hear me now? Okay, I had you yep. in the uh, audience room. Okay, it's with Giro and I want to apologize to my listening audience. Okay, uh, we have Wolfram Graham uh, Anderson on, and he is the CEO of the Hypoglycemic Foundation. And kind of talk to us a little bit about um, your part with the Hypoglycemic Foundation.
1: Yes, I'd be happy to. Uh, just a minor correction. It's Alderson. That's A L D E R S O N. Oh, Alderson.
0: It's used okay. Used with Anderson. See, I'm just asking everybody's to <laughs> name tonight. Okay, um, let me get it together
1: here. Yeah. And, it, and it's okay. the Hypoglycemia Support Foundation, but our website is easier. It's hypoglycemia.org. And I'm sure just about everything I'll say tonight is available on our website. We have a brand new website and it's just loaded with info. So you know that's hypoglycemia.org, and I highly recommend listeners go there either during or after the call to see what's there. It's, it's. Uh, I have to say myself, I think we did a great job. It took a uh, 40 years of work to get us there, and uh, we have a wonderful uh, sponsor that helped make it happen.
0: That's great. That's great. And and now, to answer your question, um, um,
1: you know, what I do is uh, you know we. We have an organization that's 40 years old that Roberta started really long before we had a pandemic of metabolic disease, long before um, hypoglycemia was really uh, recognized as a serious condition. So I have to give a lot of credit to Roberta for uh, keeping a nonprofit organization going for four decades and really um, just doing it with blood, sweat, and tears and uh, without having any uh you know medical background and she's really you know and it's the only website and organization of its kind that really looks at a serious medical condition from the perspective of the patient uh, versus uh, medical institutions and it isn't to say that medical institutions are bad it's just saying that sometimes um, uh, healthcare institutions take a top down um Kind of view on patient populations and illnesses, and our obviously our website is built from the grassroots up, and so we really do understand what it's like to um, to experience hypoglycemia. I myself have uh, have struggled with hypoglycemia, low blood sugar, and, and other metabolic disorders. So I know, you know, I know from my own personal experience, and um, I bring. Uh, the organization, 40 years of myself, of nonprofit experience, all in the, you know, public health space. I actually started my career as uh, organizing the first certified farmer's markets in California. Um, and so I've always had, I've, from the very beginning of my career, had a long-standing interest in food and nutrition and health and especially how it's rooted in communities. But I have to admit, you know, by the time I turned... 50, I, I still didn't know much nutrition science. I'm 60 now, and I've learned a lot in the last 10 years. Um, so I think a big part of my job is translating the science. Uh, I work with some very uh, distinguished scientists and doctors uh, here in San Francisco. You may know that Roberta is based in South Florida. And uh, we, know, we now have, if you go on our website, look at our advisor list, You know, a very distinguished list of doctors and experts, um, and we translate the science about hypoglycemia to, you know, everyday folks, the kind of folks that are listening to your program, um, so they can understand the condition and it doesn't seem, because it is a complex condition with many causes and many symptoms, and it can be confusing and frustrating, especially if the healthcare system is also confused uh, about the condition.
0: Okay. I, Roberta is back in. I'm going to put her mic on. Um, Roberta? Yes, I'm here. I'm here. I'm sorry. Oh, got okay. Connected. I'm so happy to have you back. Okay. All right. Sometimes the technical and I couldn't could end with the computer. I don't know what was happening here, but I'm glad you're back. So Wolfram, all three of our mics are on, so we can just jump in and have a conversation. Uh, Wolfram was giving us a little overview of the hypoglycemic, um, what you're doing, the new website a little bit. But um, I would like for you to give us a history of why you started the Hypoglycemic Foundation and um, for those who are not listening, I know in the past you've been on my show before, and when I go back and I look at the numbers, the numbers are high. People are going back and they're listening. They want to know because as I watch the evening news, I'm just watching family members and other people, I can see that they may be diagnosed with mental illness and other illness and things like that when it could be hyperglycemic or with low blood. Sugar. So give us a little background about your passion in starting this.
2: Okay. Well, first of all, I'm excited to be on the show and I'm thrilled that Wolfram is joining us. And, um, you know, I welcome your audience and I hope that they stay with us until the end because we have a lot of information to share. And thank you for giving me this opportunity to start with my story because um as much as sometimes I get tired of, you know, saying it over and over again, I really think that it makes an impact and a lot of people can relate. And that's the most important part of doing programs. So um, my story started in around 1959. It was a very exciting year, 59 to 60. Um, I got uh, engaged, I got married, and I became pregnant. And I was just so thrilled that I was going to have a baby. That was like my dream. But I was young, and I didn't realize, you know, uh, I just went to a regular doctor. I had no idea about what a gynecologist was. And uh, he says, don't worry, you're going to have a healthy baby. So I went home, and all I did was eat. I mean, I ate every single thing. I had no idea of the consequences of a food-mood connection. So um, every time I would go to the doctor, i say, but I'm gaining weight. I'm gaining weight. He'd say, don't worry about it. Well, I gained like over 50 pounds. Long story short, I had my daughter in 1961, and I just couldn't wait to take her home. And then I didn't realize when I got home is that I thought I'd be happy and excited because this is what I wanted, but within a very short period of time, you know that wasn't a scenario I had started out with headaches severe headaches headaches when I went to sleep at night headaches when I got up in the morning pounding headaches during the day from that it went to severe fatigue I couldn't go to sleep I couldn't get up in the morning so that scenario between headaches and severe fatigue depression started coming in and then I started. Having crying spells, and I would say to my husband, or he'd say, you know, but this is what you wanted. You know, what's wrong? And I would say, I don't know. So I went to the doctor, and the first thing he said was, um, you know, this is after baby blues. Don't worry about it. Well, a couple of months later, I found out that I was pregnant again, and um, my symptoms started to increase with the headaches, with the severe depression, with the insomnia, with the crying spells, cold hands, cold feet. I realize now, looking back, that I was skipping breakfast. I was skipping lunch. My mother, you know, Italian heritage, would come over and think she was doing great and bring me some pasta in the afternoon. Well, um, what happened after my son was born? uh, All the symptoms that I had just were magnified. And I went back to the doctor and I said, something is wrong. Something is wrong. So he started taking tests, you know, blood tests then because I had so many, so the headaches were severe, electroencephalograms, spinal taps. That scenario lasted, nausea for five years. I went back and forth to the doctor. I'm worse. I cannot function. I cannot take care of the children. What should I do? He increased the valium. That didn't help from the valley, and then he went to another medication, another medication. They started out with 25 milligrams, 50 milligrams, 100 milligrams. After five years of this and me getting worse and not being able to take care of the two children, which were really only like 14 months apart, he says, Roberta, there is absolutely nothing physically wrong with you. He says, I'm sorry to say, it has to be mental. He says, I suggest seeing a psychiatrist. Well, you're talking about the year 1966-67. Very frightening. Nobody went to a psychiatrist. And if they did, you know, people didn't talk about it. So um, right. I, I wanted, I wanted to get better, so I reluctantly went. And I'll never forget how frightened I was and scared. And you go to this dark little dreary office and you sit there and you unload. And he says, well, he says, you got married too young, had children too soon. I says, well, what am I going to do, Doc, you know? So then he started adding to my prescription. Then I was starting to get on th- the really biggies, Thorazine, Melaril, Parfernal. And then after a year with him, he says, I'm sorry, I can't help you. I went to the second psychiatrist. And he, I was there just about six months and added all, you know, increased all of the medicine. By now I'm on a different, you know, a dozen different medicines and changing them and altering them and increasing them. And um, he says, I'm sorry. He said, so I went to a third. And after he looked at my history, he says, you've been sick now for seven to eight years, all of your symptoms are worse. Again, severe depression, insomnia, headaches, nervousness, crying spells, cold hands, cold feet. He said, again, it has to be emotional. So he says, I have a treatment for you. And I and he says, I think it will work. And you know what? You're talking about the year 1968-69. You had a doctor mm-hmm. and you put him on mm-hmm. a pedestal. And you really didn't say yeah. anything. And you didn't question anything. And I was so young and I was so desperate. And by this time, I started having a lot of, you know, I mean, severe depression, suicidal thoughts. Because people in our family were, like, questioning us, you know, is your husband beating you? I mean, do you not want to save? Do you want a divorce? you know, what's the matter, because I just withdrew, I didn't get out, you know, unless I really had to, you know, we put on really a big show that we tried to hide everything, so um, I just said, okay, a treatment, I'll take it, we'll sign, and we just signed papers, so we knew that I would have to have them in a hospital setting, so we lived in Queens, in New York, and my husband took me to the, I'll never forget, Regal Hospital, Regal Park Hospital on Queens Boulevard. And, I, you know, we went up, signed papers, and I said, goodbye, and I'll see you. And I, I was so high because I said, I'm having a treatment, and something's going to happen. I'm going to be better. I'll be able to take care. Hun, do don't worry. I'll get better. So I, I should have known as soon as I, they closed the elevator and we got up to the whatever, second or third floor, it just wasn't like a regular hospital. You know, I heard a lot of screaming, a lot of, and I'm going, what's going on? Then they said, go in the, this room and take off all your clothes and give me your miraculous medal, give me your, you know, your wedding ring. And I'm going, what's going on? What's going on? Well, I sh- I saw what was going on. I mean, this was a mental institution, people yelling and screaming. And uh, it, it's the scene of one full of the cuckoo's nest. In fact, I didn't see that picture for like, 15 years later or 20 years because I couldn't see it. But at the time, um, very frightening. And I said, I, 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 I can't be here. You know, this is not what I signed for. I had no idea what I signed for. Please get me out of here. And they said, since I signed papers, I could not leave. I had to stay for wow. a series. You know, so I said, let me talk to my husband. I couldn't. So I had to stay for three weeks. And I had to have a series. Well, by the time I came home and my husband picked me up, I, I knew nothing. I mean I, I mean, I remembered what had happened. But past that, for instance, if I would go home, I wasn't able to cook. I wasn't able to take care of the kids. Um, we tried the first few days. And when Tony came home, he didn't find me home. I was wandering the streets. So we had to get my parents in to come and help us. So it, it, was, it was a horrible thing. I didn't speak about it for at least 10 years. Um, when I came home afterwards, none of the symptoms were alleviated. In fact, I had more because now I had memory loss. Now I had, um, you know, where I could not function at all. Uh, if I went to go get a pot to cook, my hand couldn't go to the, to the, um, to the handle I I would pass by the handle. I would try to get to the handle, but my coordination was completely off. So, um, you know, we just didn't know what to do. We just didn't know what to do. About five months later, I went in as an outpatient, um, and I didn't finish the treatment because I said to my husband, I want to die. Um, You know, I, I don't know what's wrong, but this is not working. In the meantime, he had an opportunity to move to South Florida. And he says, "Hun, what do you want to do? How about if we start a whole new life? I says, okay, I'll do it. So we packed up our two small children. We packed up all of my health reports, all of my medicine, and we came down here to South Florida. Now, all of the symptoms, and I keep on saying them because I want the people in the audience to hear, severe headaches, okay, crying spells, cold hands, cold feet, depression, nervousness. I mean, scared, suicidal thoughts, and not being able to function. I mean, I I just couldn't function as a mother, as a wife, as a woman. So um, we came down here, and I think for a couple of weeks, I think the sunshine, I would say, well, gee, maybe I'm feeling better. And then we went to church. We went to a new church with some friends that I had grew up with. And while I was standing in part of the services, before I knew it, I passed out. And um, while my friend was there, she said, oh, Roberta, she says, what's wrong? And then I told her a little bit of what was happening. She says, I have a doctor. And by this time, I says, no, doctor's going to help me. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I just want to die. And I told her. But I looked at the kids, and I says, I have to go. So I went to this doctor. He was an osteopathic physician. I had no idea what an osteopathic physician was. But he looked over all of my case history, and he said, in the 10 years that you were sick, you never had a glucose tolerance test. I said, what is that? I had everything. He said, no, you didn't. He says, let me ask you another question. He says, what do you eat? And I, you know, like my wow. head is spinning and I'm going, this guy has got to be crazy. Why is he asking me what do I eat? And then I stopped <laughs> to think and I said, well, I really don't eat breakfast. I really don't eat lunch. I have two kids, you know, 14 months apart. And I says, I'm trying to just You know, keep my head above water. He says, let's take the glucose tolerance test, he says, and I'll get back to you. He came back to me and he said, you have a severe case of functional hypoglycemia reactive. And I couldn't even, you know, it was like hard to, you know, even say the word. What are you talking about? I never heard of this. He says, well, let's put it this way. If you change your diet, I promise you, you will get better. And I said, this guy is crazy. You know, I mean, what are you, what are you talking about? Well, look at all the medicine I'm taking, Thorazine, Meloril, Tofranil, Valium, and you're telling me I could get rid of that and all I have to do is change my diet? And he said, yes. So I went Wow. And the only thing is he gave me one sheet of paper, Marsha. Now, I want I want to interject right here now and why I'm going over everything very slowly because after 40 years, all of the mail, all of the emails, uh, what's on my Facebook, what's on our support, closed support group, what's happened to me 40 years is happening still today. And this is why mm-hmm. we're so uh, frustrated. This is why we're so, uh, you know, we have such a fire in our belly. And thank God that, you know, Wolfram has joined us that we want to get our message out. I mean, it's now or never. Because, uh, right. and so let me let me go back. So um, that's why I'm trying to do it slowly and, and tell them the symptoms so that if your audience hears the symptoms, maybe they'll stop and say, hey, you know, I can't figure out what's wrong with me. Let me listen a little bit longer. So anyway, he gave me one sheet of paper, and I hear this today all the time. My doctor just gives me one sheet of paper. What am I supposed to do with it? You know, there's hardly anything on it. So um, I, I read about it a little bit. But the books were very technical, and it was hard to read. But I realized that it's not only diet, it was exercise, and they suggested vitamin therapy. So I tried all of that. I was so desperate to get well. When I looked at my children and my husband and when I put them through, I I was going to try anything diet, I didn't know the difference between a complex carb and a regular carb. I had no idea. I wasn't athletic. It was very difficult for me to start a, an exercise program. I tried vitamins. I would take the wrong ones. I would get sick. But lo and behold, I did get better. It took me years. It took me years. I went to school. I went to work. And I never told anybody. I just We just tried to hide everything. And then in 1977, there was a tiny little article, Anyone Having Harmful Effects of Electric Shock Therapy, get in touch with this committee, which I did. It was the Committee for the Protection of Patients' Rights. And they wanted to restrict the abuse of electric shock therapy, particularly here in South Florida, which they said they were doing quite a bit. So it was on my mind, and I said to my husband, what do I do? He says, that's up to you. So I gathered my children, and I said, Mommy, has something to tell you, because they really didn't know anything about it. And after I told them mm-hmm. the story, now they're like 12 and 13, go for it, Mom. Go for it, Mom. So I went to Tallahassee, told my story to try to restrict the abuse of electric shock therapy here, not knowing anything. I was so naive, and the following morning, the Miami Herald has an article um, she, uh, uh, you know, she's on, a, she's on the road to, uh, you know, uh, no, she says, she would rather die than have shock treatment, and my story was in the Miami Herald, and then people started calling me, help me, help me, help me. I started doing a lot of talk Aww. shows, and one in, one in particular was Y100, and they kept on calling me back, and about the fifth or sixth time, she said, listen, every time you come. Everything lights up. People want to talk to you. They have the same symptoms. They want to know what's, what's your diet. They want to know what's your exercise program. They want to know what doctor you went to. They want to know a more about the symptoms. So she says, you have to form an organization. I said, what are you talking about? So long story short, that's how it started. In 1980, I founded the Hypoglycemia Support Foundation. So now what do I do? I wrote to 50 doctors in the area and said I wanted to start monthly meetings. You know, would they guide me? Would they support me? Marsha, I didn't hear from one of them. Not one. Wow. So what I did, I didn't give up. I wrote to the biggest, the best, the researchers, the writers, the authors, Dr. Emanuel Sharaskin, Dr. Harvey Ross, Dr. Carlton Fredericks, Dr. Atkins, Every single one of them supported me. Dr. Stephen Schoenfeller, who was a criminologist who was doing research linking diet and behavior, he says, okay, well, you had a research project with me. So I started, and then I started doing monthly programs in Cooper City for almost 20 years. And then the doctors came locally, slowly, but they came. And then after 20, 25 years, we started the Internet. And um, I did my first book in 1988. We just did the fifth edition. Um, And it was always pushing, trying to raise funds, trying to get bigger and and better, only to reach the people that I wanted to reach. And I wanted to bring hypoglycemia back to the forefront of medicine where it belonged. And when we first started, we heard from mainly women. Then it was men. Then it was adolescents and then it was teenagers. And then after we got on the internet, the parents parents of young children, two, three and four year olds were being diagnosed with hypoglycemia. They didn't know where to go. And a lot of them had my story. My doctor doesn't believe me. My doctor thinks it's all in my head. My doctor thinks it's crazy. What do I do? You know, so, um and then, um, while I was trying to keep this up and we were going at a snail's pace because it was difficult to raise funds for a condition that, you know, was very difficult to understand, to explain, and half of the doctors didn't believe it or accept it. And if they did, they tested it, but then they didn't know what to do with the patients. You know, how do I treat it? So uh, in the meantime, unfortunately, my husband got very sick and a lot of the time went towards him. And the last eight years before he passed were very difficult. So I had a great team, but they were worn out because they were with me for almost 30 years. And then after my wow. husband passed, I I just really collapsed, and I says, I can't do this anymore. And then lo and behold, by some miracle, <laughs> uh, someone by the name of Connie Bennett that I met, and a um, long story there. I, unfortunately, we don't have the time right now, but she may be listening, so she may call in. I don't know. But anyway, she's the author of Sugar Shock. Um, We have a whole history. She introduced me to Wolfram Alderson. She says, you have to meet him. And he was then a CEO of um, another organization. And we just happened to call and speak to each other because Connie introduced us and thought that we should. And we spoke, I would say, about an hour and a half or two hours. And I'll never forget what he said after that conversation. He says, I met my soul sister. And I said, "Oh my God, God, what what is happening here? And he says, I want you to come out to Seattle. No, it was Seattle. He says, we're having a big conference. I want to introduce you to Dr. Lustig, Dr. Omar Pashadi, Leslie Lee. I have some ideas. And it was right after my husband had passed, a couple of months, and I really couldn't make it. And I'm going, what am I doing? But you know when you hear that little voice in the pit of your stomach, I had yes. to go, yes. so my granddaughter really basically took helped me there, and we met, and that was it 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 was just like um it was just safe. it was it was god driven it was god protected and he came and uh within a few months, that was in January by March, he was CEO of our organization and what he has done in the last two years is just beyond, you know, things that we only dreamt of. So we're really getting on the map. We're working very, very hard. Uh, we just put uh, an infographic. He's going to mention everything about it. A new website. Uh, we're working with the most, the best doctors in the country, and we have so many plans, and we're so excited. But basically, it's getting the word out. And after Wolfram talks, I'm going to talk a little bit about our close support groups. I'd like people to join and what we're learning from the people out there. What is so sad, how they are, just as I was 40 years ago, that's how they are. What should I eat? What should I do? What 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 is their medicine? What vitamins? What exercise? You know, they're just confused. But the saddest part is that it's more widespread now than ever and it's affecting our yeah. children and it's all diet yeah. related so um i'd love to ask see if you have any questions and then let wolfram tell you about the exciting things that are happening he's just absolutely got sense that's all i could tell
0: you I'm going to let you guys explain the whole business and then we'll save our questions for it last. I have another young lady that's online that kind of co hosts sometimes with me. And to make everything confusing, her name is Marsha, also. <laughs> She's out of, um, out of Mississippi. So we're kind of a little Brady Brunt here. We got a Marsha, Marsha here on both of us on here on the show tonight. But I do have some questions. So I'll save my questions to last. I'm pretty sure you may cover it um, because. Um, as I watch the evening news and look at some of the things that are happening in the high schools and just in in our community, I know these kids are sick. We got adults that are sick, so and I want to take a look at the different symptoms for babies with hypoglycemic, teenagers, adults, and because I know the symptoms are different, and so that's how it's being missed by many doctors. So um, I'm gonna let you guys have it from there. Well, well, I'll. Just- Go ahead. I'll I'll just say
2: one thing. With the children, particularly the adolescents, I think the first thing that that hits them is the fatigue. You know, these kids can't get up in the morning, so what do they do? They're with the, uh, you know, the um, energy drinks, and the energy drinks are the most devastating Mm -hmm. thing that they could start with. So uh, right. Wolfram could get could get you know could get in there, but I think that's what's happening. It's their diet. they're not eating. It's the energy drinks, and if they think that they can go into something natural, they go into these jumbo you know these places that have all of these heavy duty sugary drinks that they think that they're natural and they're not. So I want Wolfram to to you know hop in there and and you know give his um, thoughts on it.
1: Yes, well, I mean, uh, Roberta n- nailed it on the head, and I have to say, you know, it's a Roberta is a tough act to follow, um, but <laughs> fortunately, and I think Marsha you 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 share some of this history. Is you you probably wouldn't be having this podcast or this show if you hadn't experienced uh, some of these health challenges uh, yourself. And you, so we have skin in the game, and yes, so, uh, yes. you know, I, uh, I I share that and. <clears throat> Uh, it's always uh, just amazing listening to Roberta's story, and with regard to your, your question about symptoms, you know, we actually have a questionnaire on our website. If you go to hypoglycemia.org forward slash questionnaire, um, we've, we've received over uh, about 2,300 responses, and the number one uh, uh, symptom that's reported that people experience is fatigue, and that's followed by dizziness sudden hunger, uh, nervousness, cravings for sweets, uh, food cravings, depression, blurred vision, crying, phobias, and nausea, and then literally dozens of other symptoms, but a, uh, a good place to go to just kind of sort out whether you might be experiencing hypoglycemia. We have a quiz, so the questionnaire is really to share your experience with others, the quiz is to figure out whether you might have hypoglycemia yourself, and so that's uh, hypoglycemia.org forward slash quiz, and the quiz is a short questionnaire. It's not a medical protocol or a test, but it is a, a, a list of uh, physical, mental, and diet-related symptoms that are the most commonly reported and associated with hypoglycemia, and of course, uh, there, there's. While um, the children are experiencing this, adolescents, men and women, the symptoms that we're talking, that I've mentioned uh, ha- affect uh, all populations. Um, so there's, I don't think any of these are really exclusive to children or adolescents, but perhaps younger people have a harder, t- harder time uh, putting these symptoms into words or even figuring out that they have symptoms. It's expressed as behavior. And, and what's really interesting is that there's a new field emerging that's really <clears throat> supporting, uh, you know, sort of the experience that Roberta's had, which is it's called nutritional uh, psychiatry. And nutritional psychiatry uh, is, is fascinating because um, uh, doctors like Dr. Ann Childers in Portland, Oregon is connected. Now his, she, she's a psychiatrist but she's connecting her clinic with uh, mental and metabolic health. And what she's finding is that while many patients come in complaining of mental health symptoms, who believe that they have a mental health condition, are being uh, diagnosed within two weeks of time, uh, many of them are realizing they just simply have diet, a diet-related uh, condition that is easily corrected by changing the diet. And most often, that is by removing the processed food and junk carbohydrates from the diet, those are the big culprits. The, you know, the sugary beverages and the processed carbohydrates. We all know what those are. You know, the breads, the pastries, the candies, uh, the, you know, uh, the empty starches. Uh, you know, the white foods <laughs> mostly, except for cauliflower. Um, we know that the car- the carbohydrates, the processed carbohydrates. And another term for them is is, is a new term that's uh, being used by scientists. It's called acellular carbo- carbohydrates. And that's just a fancy way of saying these are carbohydrates that were once in their full, you know, like whole food state, um, and they were broken down and processed, and the, the cellular structure of those carbohydrates was um, uh, processed and basically obliterated, and those. Acellular carbohydrates, those starches we get from chips and you know uh, many processed foods, are really the culprit that's driving so many people uh, to um, believe they have some sort of mental health condition or some or uh, or some other uh, disease. Unfortunately, as Roberta said, even though uh, hypoglycemia was first described, um, you know back in the Uh, 40s by a a fellow, a doctor named Dr. Seal Harris, um, you know, there's there's still a a huge lack of understanding in the medical field about hypoglycemia. So it might be helpful when you're describing symptoms to break this down into kind of two basic types of hypoglycemia. One is the acute hypoglycemia, where if you have type 1 diabetes, you know, you could die in the middle of the night if your blood sugar gets too low. Um, something like 300,000 people a year go into emergency rooms with low blood sugar. And you probably know what happens, uh, well, you know, I I won't assume, but I have been in an emergency room. And what happens when you go into the emergency room, typically, what do they do to you? They give you an IV, which is basically a glucose solution. And so we know that many people who are going into emergency rooms have uh, an acute form of hypoglycemia, Versus the chronic form of hypoglycemia, which is uh, mostly diet related. So, in other words, um, these acute forms of hypoglycemia are often associated with many medical conditions. I would say virtually all major medical conditions at some point may have uh, some aspect of acute hypoglycemia associated with it if the condition is, um, you know, spinning out of control. But then there's this. Form this chronic form of hypoglycemia, which we call reactive or functional hypoglycemia, and this is the type of hypoglycemia that most of us, meaning the general population, are experiencing. If you ask almost any room full of people, have you ever experienced uh, being hangry? I don't. You've probably heard that term. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which clearly we know that. If we get too hungry, or we're on a, we've been binging on carbohydrates and sugary beverages, we start to come down from that. Our mood can get ugly, and you mentioned, you know, high school kids. We have um, certainly uh, evidence and studies have been done that even violent behaviors are are linked to um, blood Mm -hmm. sugar being out of control. So um, we tend to focus at the Hypoglycemia Support Foundation on the chronic form of hypoglycemia, this reactive functional hypoglycemia, which is mostly diet-related. Um, and but This is partly why there's so much confusion, because hypoglycemia is like the elephant in the room that you could have six different doctors looking at the condition and get six different diagnoses um, or six different takes on it. Some will just dismiss it and as you know, a kind of a typical response, oh, you have low blood sugar, well, here, have some juice, eat some crackers, uh, which is basically, right. you know, high, high sugar foods or uh, beverages, and in an acute situation, absolutely, if you are in a life-threatening situation and your blood sugar is low, you know, get the IV, get the juice, get the crackers, but for the chronic situation that most of us are experiencing, um, that just, uh, it may help us in the moment, and that may be, may be what you have to to get home and get a decent meal, or get to the hospital. But but the chronic situation is not cured by eating more high-sugar foods. The chronic situation is by eliminating processed foods, high-carb foods, junk carbs. Um, Julia Ross, who's a, a well-known author, she calls them techno-carbs. These are carbohydrates that never existed in nature, that your grandmother never made uh, in her kitchen. Correct. And- your mother never made in her kitchen. Um, and right. these tech carbs, these processed carbohydrates, are really at the center of this uh, problem. And we have this infographic at hypoglycemia.org forward slash info, which uh, we spent a whole year developing because we realized that there's such a fundamental understanding of this the, this most common type of hypoglycemia, the reactive or functional type of hypoglycemia, doctors call it. post Prandial hypoglycemia, which is a you know a fancy term for saying basically six hours after you've had a meal, your blood sugar is out of control. Um, so we and, and so we know that this is a condition that is affecting a vast majority of people in the United States and around the world. We know that right. over fifty percent of the population is pre-diabetic or diabetic. And Dr. Seal Harris back in the forties, the the guy who basically discovered hypoglycemia and and brought it to the forefront in medicine, he said in the 40s, he said, low blood sugar today, type 2 diabetes tomorrow. So back then in the 40s, he knew that low blood sugar was on this continuum of metabolic disorder that starts off with low blood sugar and unfortunately can end up as type 2 diabetes or non-alcoholic fatty liver disease or any number of other metabolic disorders. And so, in a sense, and we say this on our website, it's in our infographic. We say that um, you know you you know have you have low blood sugar hypoglycemia. Congratulations, you've been given the gift of hypoglycemia. And that might sound a little um, off-putting at first, but it's it's actually a gift when you if you act on it now, and take action and and learn about your condition because it's like a canary in the coal mine. It's telling you. Uh, you know, early in the, the spectrum of metabolic disease that something's off. And if you listen to that and stop feeding that low blood sugar with high sugar foods um, and actually start to focus on real food and cutting out the processed foods and cutting out the added sugars and those kinds of things, you can actually save yourself a lot of suffering in the long run.
0: Wow. You know, there's a book that I read years back. It's called Weed Germ. And in there, they had a quote it was from the, um, the Scottish people, um, said, the whiter the bread, the sooner you're dead. And that is so true about this processed sugar. And as you mentioned earlier, our forefathers, they went to mill houses throughout the United States. They had mill houses where they milled their fresh wheat into flour and they worked that way. You know, it was when the Industrial Revolution changed that we started getting a lot of this processed food when people started coming off the farms and working more in factories and um, wanting something quick and fast and easy. So um, I, I'm glad you have that. Um, by going through that little survey, um, that questionnaire, is there a, a number or percentage that tells us, yes, you have um, low sugar, or is there a physical test after taking that um, survey that people should do? Or in, and yep. also you have list of doctors that people can – maybe go and get uh, a clear evaluation of what low glycemic or low uh, hypoglycemic looks like for their um, body.
1: Yes, yeah, so to answer your question, the, the the quiz is for the individual who thinks maybe I have hypoglycemia, do I have hypoglycemia, what are the symptoms, and if you get a certain number of points over a threshold then there there's certainly a chance you may have hypoglycemia and the purpose of the quiz is not to be a diagnostic tool, but to help you. So when you do go to your doctor, you can actually describe the symptoms that you're having. And we also provide a link in that quiz to something we call the diet symptom diary. So you you observe these symptoms, but what did you eat before you had these symptoms or maybe after you have the symptoms? And that information is really important. If you do that just for a, a week or two, it's really valuable because then you can talk to your healthcare provider about uh, the types of foods you ate and then the kind of symptoms you had that um, related to those foods. And obviously some of this is a no-brainer. If you're, you're eating like high-carb meals and sugary beverages, your blood sugar is going to go up and then it's going to drop. And, um, and your ability for your metabolic system to manage that that roller coaster, that blood sugar roller coaster um, gets um, worse and worse as, as your body is being constantly flooded with sugar you be ultimately become what they call insulin resistant and the, sh- the, the insulin which carries the sugar into your cells um, is now your cells become resistant to that insulin because they're constantly being bombarded and so um, it's ironic but you end up uh, you know not being able to process that sugar because um, of flooding your body with so much sugar all the time um, as far as um, we don't have a doctor referral page yet. We do provide, uh, you know, uh, there's a list of doctors that are advisors to our organization, but we can give you recommendations about uh, what kind of doctors to look for. We do that in our um, Facebook page and our private Facebook page, which Roberta mentioned. Um, so, for example, um, general practitioners um, in, uh, receive. Uh, only about 30% of medical doctors actually even take a nutrition course in medical school. And so unfortunately, many general practitioners just simply do not have a background in nutrition or understand metabolic diseases uh, very well. And so they, what they'll tend to do is look at the symptoms and not the causes because they just don't have the training. Um, so you may want to look for a doctor that specializes in what's called functional medicine. And these are doctors that have more training in, um, in sort of these real-world scenarios, lifestyle uh, issues, food, diet, uh, chemicals, and other substances in your environment. And so this area of functional medicine, if, so if you do a Google search on functional medicine doctors in your community, You will probably find um, a doctor that may have a better understanding. It'd be great if you could also Google, you know, um, uh, endocrinologists or doctors that specialize in metabolic conditions. But unfortunately, a lot of major medical institutions won't let you get to those doctors until you see your general practitioner. So, uh, using these quizzes and going to your doctor prepared to have a, a more uh, focused conversation about your symptoms and perhaps your suspicions about what's going on. And we're not saying to self-diagnose. What we're saying is to listen to your symptoms and to pay attention to them and what they're telling you they're and, then, and then present those to professionals that uh, may be able to help you interpret them better. But definitely looking um, for doctors that are going uh, may perhaps out of the mainstream medicine who are already specialized, you know, like Dr. Childers who's a psychiatrist who's built her practice on metabolic and mental health. And so uh, we try to help guide our, um, you know, our community to finding the right kinds of doctors and they can have really a wide variety of backgrounds. Um, They could be Mm -hmm. a registered physician, Um, you know, there's a lot of different professionals out there that are Coming, you know, coming at this from different areas. Even in the dental field, we're seeing that dentists are now starting. They, they're realizing that, met, that much of uh, dental disease is actually metabolic uh, disorder. Mm-hmm. In other words, caused by too much starch and sugar in the diet, and that's making our teeth uh, break down.
3: Right.
0: And Mar- I have, have uh, Marshall Mar- well, has Eli- question. Put- uh, the other Marshall. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
4: Oh, uh, my question is, that, is, is in right? your Okay. okay. Go ahead. Hello? Go ahead, Marcia. Yes. My question My question is in your study, how much what what's the percentage that you've seen that you um, when they're taking the quiz if they're falling asleep right after their meals?
1: Uh good question. Um of the symptoms that were reported in our, you know, over 2,200 people, um, you know, fatigue was the number one symptom. So Clearly, you know, fatigue could be expressed in falling asleep or just not being able to move, lack of energy, um, and in many cases, sleeping disorders and so on. Um, But if you, you know, scroll down our list. Of course, people have a lot of different names for fatigue, but passing out, um, uh, feeling drunk, there's actually many examples of people being pulled over by the police. Police thought they were, um, uh, and, and actually arrested for DUI, when actually they, it was only based on their behavior, not on their uh, breathalyzer test. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a dangerous situation, because if you take a, somebody with hypoglycemia to jail, And they're sitting in that jail cell with low blood sugar. They could actually die or or have serious complications. So, uh, yes, uh, sleep sleep issues, falling to sleep, um, needing to nap frequently, um, sounding drunk, feeling drunk, fainting, uh, falling out, falling over, feeling shaky, feeling dizzy. You know, lots of
4: things like that. And what about now? You know. The sleep habits. Oh, I'm
0: getting of the feedback. Insomnia. Okay, hold on. I'm getting some feedback from somewhere. What was
4: your question again, Marcia? Insomnia. 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 They're asleep, and, they're, and they're having they're falling asleep and sluggish, and they're having insomnia, like they can't they wake up in the middle of the night a lot.
1: Yes, that's in one of our top symptoms. It's with Along with um, bad dreams, uh, mm-hmm. night sweats. Now, to be clear, you know, any one of these symptoms can be associated with many other disorders, but when you t- read the quiz and you notice that you have uh, a number of these symptoms all adding up, um, it definitely puts, uh, you know, hypoglycemia or low blood sugar on the list. Um, and I want to be clear it's sometimes confusing. When we talk about low blood sugar, we're also talking about high blood sugar because most people with chronic hypoglycemia have, uh, let's just say you're, you're regularly consuming sugary beverages and high carbohydrate foods. What happens? Your blood sugar goes up and then it goes down. And when this is happening all the time, I talked about insulin resistance and uh, other responses in your metabolic system, You know you're essentially not able to uh, process that sugar in a healthy way anymore. And so you're, you, if you look at your, we now fortunately have a new technology that's becoming available to non-diabetics, non-type one diabetics called continuous glucose monitors. And while right now uh, you can buy them with a um, prescription from your doctor, uh, but your insurance will not cover it unless you're a type one diabetic but we think that's all gonna change very soon and that these devices will be available just like Fitbits are. And what they do is take your blood sugar every five minutes. And I, we, we've received charts from our doctors, our advisors showing the blood sugar roller coaster isn't just a concept, it's something really real. And so when you see these blood sugar charts, you see the blood sugar going up and down and up and down. This is going on every day, um, seven days a week. And so uh, low blood sugar hypoglycemia is almost always accompanied with hyperglycemia, although the symptoms for low blood sugar are often more um noticeable or acute or you know dramatic if you will than the high blood sugar symptoms.
0: You talked about people being arrested I was reading I saw a documentary on it's called um Brewer Syndrome where people eat a lot of carbs and a lot of sugar, and they have yeast in their gut, and they were actually getting drunk or being drunk, and they were going to jail, as you were saying. But the doctors called it the booze syndrome, where people yeah. eating a lot of carbs and sugar and then having yeast in their gut and actually building their own steel within their own gut. I put yeah. the girls on... Um, their, their headphones on because we're getting some feedback. I'm gonna put Marsha's mic back on and see if she has any more questions for you, Wolfram. Uh, Marsha, do you have any more questions?
4: Yes, I did. In a family of diabetes, uh, when you have like at least,
0: let's say, let's
4: say you have a mother and a father and maybe a child with diabetes, type type one, type two, are you finding? That if it's a family of five or seven, I'm just throwing out a number, that you would find possibly two more children that would be hypoglycemic rather than diabetic?
1: Well, yes, like I said, you know, hypo, hypoglycemia, low blood sugar is on a spectrum. And now it, we have to be careful to differentiate between type 1 and type 2. You know, most people with type 1 are born with a condition, their body isn't making insulin, and in their case, um, you know, they, they may actually have very good reasons to consume. You know, they might need a Coke or something or a glass of juice to help them in an emergency situation. But still, even with type 1, responsible type 1 organizations will say that diet is really important. Even though your body's not producing the insulin you need, you still need, and you may be um, uh, replacing that with, uh, you know, insulin from outside your body you still need to pay attention to diet and that diet can make a huge difference for type 1 diabetics as well in terms of stabilizing their blood sugar. Type 2 diabetics, almost all, you know, there's some that are, are, as I say, are genetic, but we know that, you know, when I started my career, uh, you know, four decades ago, I worked in a senior center and we used to call it uh, geriatric diabetes 40 years ago. And now the onset of type 2 diabetes is in is in the womb, it's, within, it's in children. And so it, I think it's important, really important for parents to take these symptoms seriously and to stop thinking that just because kids are burning on a lot of energy in sports and um, all their activities that um, the high quantities of sugar aren't going to affect them. It may not affect them uh, immediately, but as they move into their teens and into adulthood, uh, it, and I can say this from my own personal experience, because I was raised on that kind of stuff, you know, in the Midwest, you know, pudding and high school foods and, uh, you know, couldn't imagine anything better on a hot afternoon in Michigan than get my hands on a nice cold Coca-Cola. But back then, they came in a six-ounce glass bottle, you know, not a 32-ouncer. Um, and so today's kids are getting just bombarded with sugar, and unfortunately, we've we've linked uh, you know, high sugar foods with uh, love, you know, with, with a way of showing affection and rewarding our kids. And um, and that the consequences of that are that we're seeing, we're, we're being uh, flooded with calls, as Roberta mentioned earlier, from parents who are calling up just despondent, not knowing what to do with really sick kids. And I also work with uh, a doctor, well-known doctor, Dr. Robert Lustig, who's a pediatric neuroendocrinologist, and he, he, he started seeing so many young people in his clinic, it was overwhelming, and he, he started to lecture about it. And His lecture, Sugar, the Bitter Truth, has now been seen by over 8 million people, and uh, he's written a couple of books, um, partly because he, he was, got tired of sitting in his clinic. He's an endocrinologist. Just waiting for sick kids to show up at the door for every kid one kid, he saw 10 more showed up at the door, and he figured, figured out that he couldn't treat this disease by simply treating one child at a time. He had to get involved with public education. And so your point is right on. We have to educate parents about, um, about these foods and, and you know how they're going to affect their kids later on. And we know that obviously the prevalence of type 2 diabetes in our population is rising every day.
3: So Martha, how we we have,
0: how... go ahead, go ahead, Roberta.
2: Well, I didn't know how much time we have, but there's two thick points that I'd like you to make um We've been working this for forty years, okay? We try to answer it's impossible to answer the
3: the
2: the mail, the emails, the phone calls now that we have this support group uh in just a couple of months, we have a close support group of four hundred people um the wow cries, uh, yeah, the cries are just. It, it, it breaks my heart because I want to answer and I just can't. And we see that it's the same repetitive questions over and over and over again. And the only way that Wolfram and I realize that we can do what we want to do while we're still here on this earth is to all right. We're trying to educate the parent, the teach, um, the children. We're trying to educate the parents. We're trying to educate the teachers. But mm-hmm. unless we get to the doctors. There's no way that this is going to happen. So Wolfram and I are designing, and we're almost complete, CMEs, Continuing Medical Educational Series, that we could go out there and teach the doctors. That's the only way it's going to happen. And you know what? I think they're ready for it now because the patients are demanding it. So that's one thing. I don't know how much time, and if we have time, Wolfram could, you know, oh, pick yeah, up we, on we, that. you got
0: two hours with me. You have two hours with me. You can have oh, we have hours two hours? hours. We, yes, ma'am. <laughs> if, if, if we, can, we if can, want.
3: If you can, <laughs>
0: whatever right, you but, want, you've got it, because I think we need to screen this from the mountaintop because it is so needed. Yes.
2: I want him to talk about the CMEs and and, uh, and those things, but what I want to interject here, if people are listening. Um. mentioned all the symptoms before so they're saying okay i have these Mm -hmm. symptoms where do i go what do i do the first thing that is critical once they get off the phone or once they sit down is say okay i have severe headaches i'm nervous i'm this you have to design a diet symptom diary it's your personal blueprint this is a gift for you start tomorrow and for at least a week uh, five to seven days, mark every single thing that you eat in one column. So you get up in the morning and have two cups of coffee, or you have orange juice, mark it down in the time. Then, if you have a symptom within a half hour, an hour, mark it down in the time. What's going to happen is that you're going to see a correlation. For instance, if you have You can't start in the morning, so you have two cups of coffee, you have a glass of orange juice. That's at 8 o'clock. By 10 o'clock, you're shaking if you even get to 10 o'clock. You know what I'm trying to say? So so that's one thing. If you have a headache during the day, say at 4 o'clock, you can go to your diet symptom diary, mark it down, and then look at it and say, oh, my gosh, it's five hours since I ate. Maybe that could be the reason. So you see what I'm trying to get at? So, a lot of people, if they do this diet symptom diary, that is that personal imprint, and they could see this food mood connection. If they have the headaches, if they have the shakiness, they could see, my God, I didn't eat. Or oh, my gosh, I had too much sugar. Or I had too much coffee. Or I had, do you know what I'm trying to say? And then, mm-hmm. after a week, evaluate it, take that to your doctor a list of your symptoms, a a quiz that you take it, and bring all this information to your physician and go prepare. He's got to look at it. And if he doesn't leave and find somebody else and say, listen, you know, I think that I may have, you know, uh, either an addiction to a high-carb processed food diet that it's affecting me. Help me. Or before you even get to the doctor, call up the office. Does your doctor test and treat hypoglycemia? Does he believe that it even exists? And if they say right from the start, no, we don't, you know, then leave. And,
3: um,
2: you know, so finding, I have in my book, and we'll be putting a, 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 something up on our blogs, you know, be very careful. Put a lot of effort into finding a physician. This is critical. And, in fact, you should find a physician where you're well, not wait for an emergency situation and build up this relationship. You know, it's funny because I say if somebody has a wedding, I mean, a woman will go for six months to a year to find the perfect dress for her daughter's wedding. You know, a guy will spend a year to find the perfect car. But. To find a doctor, oh, I can't find a doctor, I can't find a doctor, put effort into it. Find a doctor that tests and treats hypoglycemia. They are out there. You know, it may not be easy, but they are. Go to also our website and check out our leaders, our medical advisors. Check them out. Go to their website. You know, some of them have a list. We also have a list of organizations that have, you know, referral listings. So we have a wealth of information on our website. Please, please use it. Okay. After you ask some questions, I want Wolfram to talk about the continuing medical education series. And, you know, we're so close to that. And we're looking for partners. We're looking for, you know, uh, corporations uh, that have the continuous glucose monitor because we feel that that's it. So, um, you know, he could go into that because you never know who's listening out there. <laughs> but, Marsha, you may have Amen. some questions. Okay. So, and,
0: so I wanted well, to you, I think, That's fine. I, I think yeah. you touched on what I was going to say, and that was about the physician because in medical school they don't even get a class on nutrition and diet. So, therefore, now you have a lot of people who are taking their health coaches or nutrition and helping people with their diet and their food. So that's when you have the individual, when they say, how do I eat? What do I eat? So on the website you have diets. And I know in your book you have some, you have great information right. in your book. Also mention the title well, that, of your book. That's,
2: that's another reason why they should go on our Facebook page. There's so many people that we're working with. One in particular is Low Carb USA, a fantastic group of people. And we've gone to about four of their conferences. And the doctors that are lecturing, the doctors that are out there, the information. So if you are hypoglycemia, I mean, we're talking about people that, um, you know, don't know if they're hypoglycemic or, you know, they're wondering if they should find a doctor, if they should even go on a diet. But a lot of your audience, I hope, you know, i 'm um, sad that they may already have hypoglycemia and struggling they don 't have to do it alone. First of all, we have a wealth of information. If I had any of this information forty years ago, oh my gosh, So the information is there. Um, our you know uh, medical advisors uh, are there. Uh, we have a phenomenal nutritionist, Dr. Lorna Walker is helping me answer some of the the questions out there so Please take advantage and go. And then also see our organization. And as I said, one of them is Low Carb USA. um, And you don't have to do it alone. Another is sugar by half. We we have this up. So contact them. See. They may be in your area. They may have doctors. It's open to the public, I think, for, you know, and, um, you know, share this with your doctors. That's the only way it's going to happen. We all have to join together. So um, I don't know what other questions you have. And then Wolfram can talk about the CMEs because that is where
0: it's at. All right. Okay, Wolfram, you got the floor. But you go ahead uh, with the education. Oh, yes, the well,
1: um, I'm glad me- Roberta mentioned Low Carb USA. We're, uh, we're going to be pre- among the presenters uh, for the Kick Sugar Summit. Uh, if you go to kicksugarsummit.com, um, you'll see uh, Dr. Lustig there on the front page, and then a whole list of doctors when you keep scrolling down, doctors and experts, um, you know, exactly the kind of people that we would be referring folks to with a wide range of backgrounds in uh, bariatrics and nutrition coaching and uh, endocrinology and general practitioners and uh, a lot of uh, people, including a number of our advisors, The Hypoglycemia Support Foundation, uh, Dr. Mark Kukazella, Dr. Ann Childers, Dr. Keith Berkowitz, uh, Dr. Joan Ifland. There's so many uh, that are on this, and it's all online and it's all free. Um, So, you know, we encourage people to go there. Um, Dr. Asim Malhotra, Julia Ross, um, I'll be presenting. There's, There's just so many wonderful talents there. It's a good place to start. Um, Of course, you know, go to our website, hypoglycemia.org. The CMEs, as Roberta mentioned, these are continuing medical education. All doctors are required, healthcare practitioners are required to take these uh, CME courses. And as you mentioned, and and I mentioned earlier, um, uh, only a third of medical doctors are even required to take a nutrition course in in medical school. And so the best place to get to them right now is after they've... uh, once they're in practice, and most doctors are required to take these courses to keep their skills up to date. And so we've done two major conferences with Swedish Hospital, and we're reaching out to medical institutions around the country, and we'll be offering uh, CMEs on our website because we know a lot of doctors, as you've probably heard, um, they have to see uh, so many patients every day, and uh, getting off-site to do these trainings of a big deal, so we want to offer them the online training as well, so they can uh, take a course on hypoglycemia in in uh, their own time. Um, these these kinds of programs are so important, and that's why we're putting so much emphasis on building out our website and the content there, and making sure that it's vetted uh, by our medical advisors, uh, so they don't just uh, you know. Frankly, we want that we are patient advocates, and we're coming from the grassroots, but we want Doctors, to be aware that we're uh, working with and vetting all the information we share on our website with our medical advisors. Um, We we really want them to listen to 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 get the message and to respect um, you know the information. Um, So, you know, like I said, I would encourage you to visit our website, and we're definitely interested in talking to any healthcare professional uh, that would like to uh, receive training or information about hypoglycemia, uh, particularly the chronic uh, reactive functional hypoglycemia, which is the most common form.
0: Now, would the doctors know how to test for hypoglycemia? Is that test procedure different from testing for diabetes or being diabetic um, borderline?
1: Yes, so we actually have a page on our website, hypoglycemia.org forward slash test. that there's information there that there's a specific uh, glucose tolerance test. Uh, oftentimes, only a three hour version is done versus a six hour version. Bottom line is, doing the test over a longer period of time uh, gives you a better snapshot. Um, and then there's a range of other tests for hypoglycemia, uh, but there's also some new technologies. I mentioned the continuous glucose monitors. Which can monitor your blood sugar every five minutes and really get get beyond the the current technology is a is a snapshot technology that you know is you know like these blood tests they're- t- they're looking at a fasting glucose uh or you know they, the doctor's giving you some uh, a dose of sugar in in a you know and observing you over a three or six hour period, whereas the continuous glucose monitors could monitor you for one week, two weeks, or as long as you want. The main issue is that that technology is currently only, uh, insurance companies only will pay for it if you're a type 1 diabetic. But as I mentioned, that's going to be changing soon. And in Europe, they already have uh, $50 continuous glucose monitors that um, are only good for two weeks. But you really only need, uh, you know, two weeks, you know, do one week as a baseline, just eating what you're eating now, do the diet symptom diary, and then week two, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a carbohydrate restriction diet, which is a typical um, uh, doctor prescription, and you you generally will see pretty amazing results. Dr. Robert Lustig did a study called the Fructose Restriction Study with uh, children that were really metabolically ill, and he only changed one thing in their diet. He restricted fructose, and fructose is one of the two sugar uh, molecules that we have fructose and glucose, uh, fructose being the more problematic of the two sugars. And uh, so, you know, he, he didn't put these kids on a health food diet. You know, he said, I took away their donuts and I gave them bagels. Uh, he didn't restrict calories. It was what's called an isochloric diet. So they stayed on the same number mm-hmm. of calories. And what, sh- what happened was in only nine days, these children with severe metabolic disorders showed remarkable results on all – on a whole variety of fronts including uh their liver fat um reducing by 20 to 30% which is pretty remarkable for just 2 weeks and the the thing is that most uh doctors are not looking at liver fat and it's really important because non-alcoholic fatty liver disease is one of the fastest growing uh metabolic diseases on earth and again low blood really? sugar early yes so, you know, we used to call it, you probably know people, in, you know, I don't know how old you are, but you probably remember folks that had uh, cirrhosis I'm a of the liver. i a Yeah, Which was yeah just, yes, I'm a baby I, I, boomer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, but the modern disease is not cirrhosis of the liver. It's a non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, meaning we get the exact same condition. We get a fatty liver by consuming high carbohydrates because basically alcohol and wow. processed, are processed, uh, metabolized in the same manner. You get this if you take the fatty liver from an alcoholic and the fatty liver from somebody on processed foods and sugary beverages. They look exactly the same under a microscope. A doctor cannot tell the difference. A fatty liver oh, is a fatty liver. And, and here's something to, to, you know, to the point, which is, we've often heard, you know, you are what you eat. Well, it turns out we actually are not what we eat. You know, if you eat broccoli, you're not broccoli. You know, if you eat green food, you're not, uh, you don't
3: turn green.
1: Um, You know, and when you eat, uh, it, it turns out that when you eat fat, you don't necessarily get fat. When you eat sugar, you get fat. When you eat too much carbohydrates, the junk carbohydrates, not the healthy carbohydrates, the junk carbohydrates, you get fat. And you, you probably also know about um, uh, you know foie gras. You've probably heard of foie gras, which is simply uh, a fatty duck liver. Now, how do they make foie gras? Guess what? They just literally stuff these poor ducks with junk carbohydrates. In fact, the industry actually will use recycled candy, and they stuff this candy down these poor little duck's no. throats, and they fatten up no. their liver.
4: Well, essentially,
1: that's what we're doing to the human liver We're turning our own livers into uh, fatty liver or foie gras. And this is, look it up. It's one of the fastest growing chronic metabolic diseases on earth. And the thing about it is these types of diseases don't necessarily give you uh, fat on the outside. There's something called tofi. thin on the outside, fat on the inside. It sounds funny but it's a medical term, and it turns out that there are more sick, Thin, uh, there's more sick, thin people than there are sick, overweight people, uh, and and it, it's, it's a lot of people are kind of pointing their fingers at people who are obese. If you're obese, it's sort of like getting a, a hypoglycemia. It can be a gift. You're, you have an outward sign, you have some physical manifestation that's telling you, kind of screaming at you,
4: hey, I'm there's wrong.
1: something wrong, exactly, right. and you
4: act right. on right. it.
1: You're if you're thin and metabolically sick, you have fatty liver disease, you can't see it, and you can't see it often until it's too late. And so, you know, some people say, oh, you know, um, you know, my I, I drink three cans of Coke a day, and look how skinny I am. Well, they might be skinny on the outside, but they may be right, fat
0: on the outside. Right on the inside. Now you with changing one diet, uh, the information you guys have on the uh, on your website. I went through the survey, I'm changing my diet. So usually it's what a two week, three week time frame, you can people can start seeing some changes within their personality, within their diet, or with their numbers. Is or all of above. Well okay. yeah,
1: I think all it's, the above know, um... Roberta mentioned Connie Bennett uh, years ago. Connie reached out to Roberta like so many others have, and um, she was able to transform her health, and she ended up writing uh, a few books about this. And um, I mentioned the Kick Sugar Summit. Uh, just even, yeah. Not even going on a health food diet, just cutting out added sugar uh, from your diet, people are noticing dramatic changes in their health within a week they might have a few days of discomfort you might have some withdrawal symptoms from some of these foods and and that may not be fun for a few days but then people often Brian. report you know uh brain fog lifting off they report just feeling like clarity and feeling better than they felt in a long time um uh, it's it's very common for people to report um improvements like that so the good news about this is that most people are not so far gone along the spectrum of metabolic disorder where it's too late to change. The good news is, as Dr. Lustig's research has shown and many others are showing, is that even in a matter of a couple weeks, by changing your diet and eliminating some of these, you know, the worst offenders and focusing on real food, you can see huge benefits, both in your mood as well as your physical you know, state of being.
2: Yeah, I uh, met a Marcia, young man. Uh, i uh, I think it's important to say that we're, we're not here to diagnose. We're not here to treat. We're here to inform. We're here yes. to empower you. Yes. Okay? So yes. please, if someone has the symptoms that we're talking about and they have them for a long period of time, <coughs> take all the the quizzes that we told you, the quiz, the diet, symptoms symptom diary, a list of symptoms. Please, you've got to seek help. Okay, Um, don't say it's just food. It could be something else. So we want you to be aware that there's a good possibility it could be a diet because we've seen that diet plays a major role in most illnesses today. However, if you decide to evaluate your dietary habits and you say, oh, my gosh, I live on on a high-sugar diet. I have a lot of caffeine. I'm drinking too much. Let me start changing. Okay, See, evaluate how you want to change. If you're an alcoholic, if you drink six to eight cups of coffee a day, you need to be under a supervised medical uh, uh, people. So don't just listen to us and say, I'm going to do it by myself. Listen to your body. If your symptoms are severe, I mean really severe and out of control, you need to be under a doctor's care. Okay, Uh, But if you have a headache, if you have the shakes, if you have this and say, you know what, I'm going to evaluate my dietary habits and I see the biggest culprit is sugar, white flour, alcohol, caffeine, tobacco. So go over the list. They're all on our website. If your diet is high in that and say, okay, I'm going to gradually change but don't do it if you're having, you know, eight cups of coffee. Do it gradually or do it under the supervision of, a, of uh, you know, a doctor's care. So, uh, again, be very cautious. We don't want people to hear our message and say, oh, my God, you know, their information is going to save us. We want you to be informed. We want you to get a good group of people that can guide you. Uh, medically, spiritually, um, you know, in every aspect of your life. And you know what? I want to, since I just mentioned the word spiritual, something came up, you could be on the perfect diet and listen to this and say, oh, my God, I I don't eat sugar, I don't eat white flour, I'm not an alcoholic. And, uh, you know, what? if you're going to a job that you hate and you can't, you know, handle it or you're in a relationship that you know that you got to get out but you don't know how and you just take this thing, it's not going to work. You have to heal the whole body. And there are ways Amen. to do it. And yeah. educate. the two words that I want to leave with, I don't know how much time, but I, I want Wolfram to talk what? about perfect. Wait until you hear about this. Because if you suffer from any uh, condition today and diet plays a good role and you want to change your diet, but going out shopping is a nightmare. He has a technology solution that's that's going to change all of this. But I wanted to say um, you must get – it takes a try, and it takes every single day. I just I, – on a personal note, I just went to my cardiologist. I go every year, and I, I love him. You know, I know him for a long time, and they walked in, and he says, oh, Roberta, how do you do it? You look great, and this and that, and – He says, everything's perfect, how do you do it? And I says, I work at it, and I do, and I'm not perfect at it, by all means. I am not saying that it's a birthday that I don't taste, you know, uh, a little piece of of, of a cake. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, I may not go off, but the following day I go right back on. I try to walk. I try to walk every single thing, and I've been hit with a lot these last six months. I had four. Um, laser eye surgeries and all this kind of stuff. I just got over eight days of vertigo, but let me tell you, I work at it, and everybody has to work at it. It doesn't come Correct. easy, but like, want that shiny car? You want that? You know, the beautiful house? You want your lawn? You want? But and you work at it. Well, you've got to put your health priority because if you don't, you pay for it. So you've got to you put it in. And And, you know, and just don't be so hard on yourself. And if you fall, just pick yourself up. But you've got to get that team behind you, your family, your friends, your medical profession, your spiritual community. I don't care whether it's a church, a temple, whatever it is. Um, And don't be alone. Don't isolate yourself. If you don't have family, get family. You know, they're out there. Please, and it's all on our website. How to do it in my book, and if you can't afford the book, you can get a um, what is it Wolfram? I think for dollar ninety nine you could download it. It's on on, um, Amazon. Yeah, yeah. So you could do that. So and Wolfram and I are in the process of doing a couple of books ourselves that'll make it easier. You know, from you know, so we've got a lot of things going on, and we want to help you. And we want to encourage you, but we don't want to say, just take our advice and stay there. And if you have symptoms, you're just going to say, oh, or vertices, just stick to the diet. diet. No, 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 no. Okay, please. All right?
0: So if I don't know how much longer that Wolfram has, but I'd love for him to talk to you. He will talk with us. We're going to take a minute break so you guys can take a pause, get a drink, something. But I want to remind our listening audience, as you said earlier, Roberta, that this program radio show, all the information presented here is for the purpose of information and education only. It should not be construed as offering medical advice or diagnosis or treatment for any illness or injury or convention of. Preventing problems. So, talk with your licensed physician or your healthcare practitioner about your treatment and getting help. And you can go in, like Roberta said, with the survey, the information, your diary, go in with your physician and have that conversation. So, we want to uh, take a break so they can get a little drink and we've got great information. So, please tune in. We'll be right back. This is Marsha Thadison. With for your help, we have um, Wolfram Anderson, Anderson, and Roberta Rogiro on from the Hypoglycemic Foundation. We're here talking about hypoglycemic and how it affects us mentally, emotionally, and physically. Now, uh, Wolfram, you was going to talk about the educational part of, or it's more of the educational part, or what part were you going to share with us? About the hypoglycemic Foundation. Yes, so I would
2: love to. I would love to. Wilson, would you talk about Perfect? That's so exciting. Yes,
1: so thank you. Um, you know, we there's a lot of information on our website, um, and we want people to learn as much as possible. But we also want to develop tools for people, you know, in the real world. So uh, we're partnering with a startup that I'm involved with that is going to make the food supply as well as cosmetics uh, transparent and, and allow you to apply your own criteria toward um, purchases that you make. So for example, let's just say you heard from me or you heard it from Dr. Lussig or you went to the kick sugar summit.com or wherever you heard it, that you've got to start paying attention to added sugars and you want to Cut them out of your, uh, you know, out of your diet, or or cut them down significantly. So just uh, take a guess. How many added sugars? How many names for added sugars are there currently in our food supply? Just take a guess.
0: I think it's well. I I think I had a list, and I think the list showed about fifty some different ones. Yes, uh,
1: Dr. Leftig produced a little a small book called Fifty Six Names for Sugar. And when we worked with Dr. Lustig to develop the no added sugar filter, we, we, it, it, when you build a computer program, you actually have to, uh, you have to be very specific. So as we started to do our research, we discovered that there's actually several hundred names for added sugar. And it seems like the food industry is coming up with a new name almost every week or every month. Um, and so in order for you, let's just say, you know, tomorrow you're going to go shopping and you heard that, you know, most of the spaghetti sauces have added sugar in them, but you don't really need the added sugar. You know, tomato sauce already has plenty of sugar in it. And you just want to find the, the, the one brand of spaghetti sauce or the two brands that don't have added sugar. How are you going to do that? This platform, this technology will allow you to screen the entire food supply and only find the products that meet your criteria. And uh, so just imagine a food system where um, that's transparent and that you can make the right decisions instantly, you could do it online, you could use your phone to scan products in the store or just old school print out a shopping list that only has the the products with no added sugar in them. Um, We're going to make that possible and we're gonna be testing this, this is a startup uh, in still in what they call stealth mode, but we're going to test the technology with a beta group. Um, and, and that beta group is our online Facebook group. So if you go to our Facebook page, um, mm-hmm. uh, easy to find, just type in in the search bar on Facebook, type in hypoglycemia support foundation, and you'll find our page. And then we have a private group as well, because some people want to ask questions and be in a have conversations in a more um, private environment. But both of those groups will have access to the beta uh, technology, uh, which will not only allow you to you know, filter out added sugar, but will be filtering, uh, we'll be providing a filter for hi- people with hypoglycemia. So if you go to our website under awareness and action, you'll find a page for perfect solution. And we describe some of the things that we exclude in our filter, so for example, grain flours. Even with whole grains, if you powderize that grain, and I talked earlier about acellular carbohydrates, but basically, when you turn grains into powder, into flour, that the starch in that uh, becomes instantly available. It becomes it, the minute it hits your bloodstream, it becomes sugar, it becomes glucose. And the the, the the fiber and the other micronutri- the nutrients in that grain, um, uh, the benefits of that are much less when the grain has been ultra processed, uh, added sugars, artificial sweeteners, um, and then there's something called uh, there's a list that the FDA our, our government uh, the a government agency provides called everything added to food in the U.S. And there's, a, I don't know, something like three or 4,000 chemicals on that list, most of which you wouldn't recognize, don't look anything like food, including acetone. Um, now, I knew acetone because my mom used to remove her nail polish with it. And believe me, I uh, know we all have some, some fraction of acetone in our uh, biochemistry, but a, a very small, you know, a natural amount, if you will. I, I certainly don't want nail polish remover added to my food, and so we believe, and it's not just our belief, but there's actually an emerging body of research that all of these chemicals uh, are uh, maybe by themselves may not be problematic, but when you use our food supply basically as a dumping ground and an, an experimental, uh, you know, an experiment for, um, for dumping uh, chemicals into our food supply. These these substances become uh, what they call endocrine disruptors, they they disrupt our microbiome, they become inflammatory, and so these substances, uh, and there's actually research emerging that hypoglycemia is often uh, connected with some of these um, chemical substances, and uh, there's, there's not a lot of research there, but we believe that basically a lot of these substances are guilty until proven innocent. I, you know, I feel like the burden is on the food industry to show us whether these substances are good for us or not. And just the FDA says they're okay to be in our food supply. I'm sorry, we don't, we just don't buy it. We don't see the evidence, and so we're screening those substances out. And so what is left? It turns out that when you apply the hypoglycemia filter. Of about 215,000 substances, it narrows it down to about uh, foods, rather foods that are, you know, mm-hmm. in the databases. It narrows them down to about 8,400. So imagine from 215,000 down to 8,400 products. Uh, and about 25% of that 215,000 are, uh, 75% rather, are products with added sugars. That's a that's a big kahuna, but then you have a lot of these other non-food substances, these food-like substances, that are being added to our food supply. And we think that um, when you total these up, um, they are they are part of the problem, not part of the solution. So we've eliminated those, and we focused on real food, um, you know, right. raw or minimally processed. Uh, we look at. Um, uh, how they're, how they're processed so for example cold pressing versus uh, you know a lot of the seed oils they extract those oils using uh, solvents like hexane and some other scary sounding chemicals um, we, we look for we pay attention to that and we, we look at uh, food additives, colorants, um, you know flavoring all of these things that are added to our food which uh, we think are on the suspect list, and if you have hypoglycemia, you just can't afford to use your, you you know be a guinea pig, and so we're we have developed this filter and we'll be making that available to our community to use. It may seem radical, you know, when you first look at th- what's left after you apply the filter, like what? Have, oh my God, what have I got left to eat? But the positive way of looking at it is, is is just the realization that um, you know you've actually just been living in Uh, you've been told a lot of lies about your food and what's safe. If it was safe, we just wouldn't have the pandemic of metabolic disease that we have. It's just really clear. And so um, we feel like the burden is on the food industry to prove those substances are safe before we consume them. And if you stick to the produce aisle and the the protein aisle of the supermarket, supermarket, you'll be safer, even better if you go to the Uh, farmer's market and actually enjoy life walking down the row of farmers and shopping for food the way we Mm -hmm. used to just think that you'll be better off and so the key though is you know we need technologies like this and like the continuous glucose monitors that make this information readily available to us We're, we're all like overworked and tired and we're rushing to get home and you know you don't have time to Go to 15 different websites to look up substances you read on the label in the supermarket. You're just going to throw that product into your cart and, and go. And when you get home, you're going to read the, you know, the list of ingredients and be horrified. You know, when you're looking at, you know, uh, acetone and monosodium glutamate and you know, red dye number you know 40 and. Uh, a list of other things, uh, and you, you're just going to kind of shrug your shoulders and go, well, you know, this wouldn't be here if it wasn't safe, would it? Well, we just don't know. That's, that's the truth. They, they just haven't provided the evidence. So we're, we're looking for these kinds of solutions, these technology solutions, that I think are going to be huge game chamber, changers. These, these technologies are going to be emerging in the next year or two, And I think are really going to change the way people um, look at food and buy food because we'll finally have uh, actual data at our fingertips that will tell us what is in our food and you'll be able to when you get home when you're no longer in a rush you'll be able to go to the website and look that stuff up and look up acetone and make your own decision you know do i want acetone in my food or not maybe you're okay with that maybe you believe what the food industry is telling you but at least you'll be informed and you'll make an informed decision and i think that's a big part of our work we we don't promote any one diet like you know there's the, the low carb diet the keto diet the paleo diet the atkins <laughs> yeah. diet the south beach diet the mediterranean you
0: know. diet yeah
1: yeah exactly the common denominator of the diets that work is real whole food it's not it's Correct. we definitely we we can look at macronutrients we can look at calories but really it's the quality of the food Versus the quantity of the food and the way in which it was processed, and perhaps the way it wasn't processed, that really makes the difference.
0: And I share that a lot. A lot of times on my show, and I tell people, I'm not vegan, I'm not vegetarian. I just want to eat what's real. My grandmother lived to be 105, eating what was real. Oh wow! And and so, and you know, she was walking and talking and doing just what she wanted. And she just said, you know, I'm tired. I'm ready to go home. And so that's the reason why I bring my guests on so people can share these different stories and and, and information that's out there to give people options. Now, Roberta and Wilfram, are you guys planning to do a conference, start doing a conference where people can come and um, have different recipes, meet other parents and other people coming together to know more yes, about Yes, Yes, we're, we're,
2: we're, planning, we're planning everything. I mean, we've got so many things. Um, you get a company out there that wants to c- take us to your place, and Wolfram and I will be on the plane and, and we'll do a full seminar with you and the three of us. So um, c- consider that. Um, you know, we're yes. open to everything and anything. It's just that it's the two of us, and a lot of people that we do have support from, it's just that they're worn out. They've been with us for 40 years. So, but we have a lot wow. of great people that are just coming on board that Wolfen has brought. So, you know, we're, we're planning so much. I want to uh, mention a few things before we leave. They have to go on our website. There's a and a questions and answers. Every single thing is there. All the questions that you have, all the way how to test and treat. Diet, diet information, everything is there. So check the Q&As. They're on the first page. Very simple. Another thing is that we have our infographic. Now, Wolfram and I work day and night on the the website and the infographic. The infographic is the first of its kind, and it just came out in French. It will be followed by Spanish. Now, another thing is that we dedicated already – for Wolfram, I think it's next March 13th is Hypoglycemia Awareness Day. So we're getting ready oh, for that. Okay. Yeah. March so 13th? I, I think it was, I, March 13th, 2020, Awareness Day. Uh-huh. So Wolfram can add on, on that and why we chose it and the infographics and the Q&A. So I wanted to get those things in. The last thing that I'm going to say before Wolfram takes over is that, who's ever listening, you no. Know, if you at Once I had to do a presentation, so I said, let me look at statistics. And when you look at statistics, who has heart disease, who has cancer, who has uh, neurological difficulties, who has hypoglycemia, who has diabetes, this is a very sick world, unfortunately. And it, 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 we're, we're working at it. Some are working at it stronger than others. Um, I find, after all these years, there's three words. You have to educate yourself. There are people that get in touch with us and say, I've been sick for 10 years. Uh, I want to know what to do. Well, during that 10-year period, did you read anything? Did you find out what it is? Did you go to a library? Did you go out? No. You have to educate yourself. You have to. If you think or suspect you have hypoglycemia, or if you were told you have hypoglycemia, you have to know about the causes, effects, and treatment. I beg people to get a library of books. They are out. They're not giving everything to themselves that they deserve. Just going on our website or mine or anybody else's, I know they're just grabbing for answers, Get good books by the top authors, and we mention them. You So education is critical. Preparation is the next thing. You've got to be prepared. You've got to have, you've got to eat every couple of hours or three meals a day. You've got to grade throughout the day. You know, I got a letter from somebody and says, I went to my my grandson's or daughter's wedding. Uh, I, I couldn't make it. I passed out in the car. What should I have done? You can't go on a road trip or you can't go more than a half hour. And then you've got to be prepared. You have to have something in your purse, in your pocket. Please, if you know that you're a diabetic or a hypoglycemic, so be prepared. Education, preparation, and then application. You know, but then you've got to love yourself enough to do it. You have to come first. Otherwise, if you, let me tell you, my husband was sick for a long time, a very long time. He had leukemia, very rare, for 12 years. And when we went to the Moffitt Center, you know what he said? I don't think you're going to die from this, he says, but you will die from the hyper- from your diabetic, um, you know, from your diabetes. And he had diabetes for 25 years, and I don't wish it on a dog. So if you don't take care of your hypoglycemia, you will be diabetic, and then you're in a whole new ball game. Okay, you're you're talking about, you know, and not only physically, emotionally, financially drained for the rest of your life. So please, we have so much information, you know, and reach out. We tell you how to reach out. You don't have to do it alone. So I know we don't have too much time, but I'd love Wolfram to go over the infographic and the awareness, and I'm so grateful he's here tonight. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) <laughs> I
0: am I'm grateful for both of you being on tonight. Thank you. And oh, yes, so, you know, you, we, I, we have to mention
2: uh, Marsha that we are so grateful that you know you you bring us back. You use us as a vessel to get all the information out there. Uh, we're so indebted to you and we admire the work that you're doing that I know you like us are there sometimes by yourself in the middle of the night, trying to figure out what to do, how to share, you know, anybody in the nonprofit world, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. It's not easy, but it's very rewarding. And I, we, we, we couldn't do
0: it any other way. So go ahead. Yeah. And I know people are listening, so we just want to make sure they get this information and utilize it to the best of their ability. And not only that, share it with other family members so they can have it too.
1: Well, I I want to mention again our website. It's hypoglycemia.org, and uh, you can spend a whole week uh, looking at the content there. There's sections I, I didn't even touch on, like Metabolical, which is a great section which has some articles with a deeper dive, you know, things like energy balance is marketing mythology, or a calorie is not a calorie. Uh, bringing back school gardens, we 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 want to give it to you in you know the right size, the right portion of information, and not overwhelm you. Um, as I mentioned, we're one of the presenters, and a number of our medical advisors are presenting for the Kick Sugar Summit. KickSugarSummit.com. Uh, people can sign up for free and. The beauty of these online events is people can watch them in their spare time. They may not. A lot of moms and families just don't have the time to take two days off to go to a conference, and so these online events are great. And we're going to be doing these ourselves in the future. But right now, we're partnering with some of these really great partners out there, like Low Carb USA. And the Kick Summit.com, you're going to see the top experts on the planet. The doctors that have really been, you know, kind of changing the paradigm, um, you know, Dr. Joan Iflin, Julia Ross, um, Dr. Mark Kukazella, Dr. Keith Berkowitz, uh, Dr. Asim Malhotra, Dr. Robert Lustig, and many others. And you're getting this, you know, world-class information, essentially uh, for free. And uh, there's just so much you can learn there. And we're going to be presenting more of these programs on our site. Where you can stay up to date is go to our Facebook page and uh, you know give us a like and uh, and then we we are any events and, and things that are coming up we're posting there and then consider joining our uh, private support group um, again just in the search bar type in uh, hypoglycemia support and you will see both our uh, Facebook our public page as well as our private page uh, we're also on LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, and uh, we're we just take you know, taking, doing everything we can to get this information out there and uh, provide people with, you know, basic tools and information that they need. And we're aware that people just have limited time and they're overwhelmed. And uh, so we try to, we have, you know, little tiny bits of information and then these deep dives as well uh, on our website. So hopefully, there's just something for everybody there. Uh, there's a whole section just for pa- uh, kids, parents, and teachers. Um, one of our partners, uh, Sustainable Santa, who's really trying to change the food culture around uh, uh, Christmas and the holidays. Uh, so uh, we have a whole page on resources connecting you with a lot of the org- all the organizations we mentioned are on our website uh, with links. So we worked really hard on this site. Uh, we're so grateful to Connie Bennett for helping us uh, reboot with a new logo and a new website and. She's been one of our great supporters, and she knows, like so many others, you know, she found uh, Roberta, and it was really uh, life-changing for her. And uh, you know, we're just so grateful for people who are paying it forward and uh, supporting her work. Uh, of course, you can donate to our, uh, Hypoglycemia Support Foundation on our website. So, uh, but it's all free, and it's just there if you want to make a donation, great. If not uh we we're here for you and hopefully we can we can help uh you know thousands more with this new site, which has uh, a lot more
0: information on oh my god uh Wolfram I was just out on the kick summit uh kick sugar summit like, all these doctors i mean all these great doctors that's gonna be out there so this event is free and it's gonna be june um june, uh, june 10th 10th to the 15th. To 10th through the
4: fifteenth Yeah,
1: And it is free um, sign up. um, mm -hmm. If you want to get, like, the whole package and be able to download it, then there's a fee. But if you actually watch during the 10th or the 15th, it's free to everybody. Uh, So you have, you know, options there. And even if you choose, I don't know what they're charging to download the whole package, it's a lot cheaper than going to the doctor's office. So um, this is one of our respected partners. There's a lot of, you know, um, kicker and box groups out there, but this is one that we we really respect, and we know uh, that we know many of these doctors. In fact, a good portion of them, about a half dozen, are, are medical advisors uh, to the Hypoglycemia Support Foundation. So this is a reliable group, and it's just one of many things we're doing. We hope uh, you know we hope it helps a lot of folks. This is just one piece, kicking the sugar. Uh, there's certainly other things we can do, but sugar is one of the big kahunas, as we say.
0: Right, right, right. I met a young man, and he was telling me that when he stopped eating sugar, he he wasn't so angry. The mean he said, he was mean and honoring that went away, and he he lost the weight. That was the first wow. thing he noticed. And yeah, he, he said he was very mean and honoring, and um, he said that went away. So it it, it has a big thing. So I'm gonna post this on my Facebook page. Um, the Kick Sugar Summer. So people can um, tune in and check us out. I, I am totally, totally, totally grateful to have you guys on because the information, like I said, I can look around and I can look at the evening news, the people I know, family members, and I know they are hypoglycemic. And, you know, getting that message out to them and letting them know, hey, there's help, And it's not always in the form of ADHD or some type of medication or some type of drug. It's... It's just a diet. You know, the creator knew what he was doing. Adam and Eve got in trouble because they ate the wrong food. We're getting in trouble because we're eating the wrong food. So I just want to appreciate you guys taking your time out um, from your busy Sunday, uh, giving us your Sunday to kind of share this information. was powerful. It was great. And um, I'm going to come back again and just tell us how everything's going. So we keep getting this information out over and over and over again until people get the message of how Thank important it is it's, for all of us.
1: It's always a pleasure. It's really a joy to be on your show, and, um, you know, you obviously get it, and I'm sure your follow your community gets it, too, and we're happy to be here to support them.
0: Yes, and I'm, I'm ready waiting to so you can have a big overflow of people giving testimony of how their lives change and their children lives change by this information that you guys are giving and the information that you have out there. Yeah. So um, give them the information for the website and your book, Roberta. Oh, thank you. Marsha, I just wait. I'm just hoping that one day we can meet. I can't wait for that. Yes, ma'am. We're going to do that. Oh, that's that's in the plan. We're going to have to do that. We're going to make it happen. It's it's, it's done.
3: (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs)
2: Okay. I love you. Listen. I hope you're taking tomorrow. It's the last day of the holiday. You, you deserve to rest. And I told Wolfram he has to do the same. That's an order, okay?
3: Yes, ma'am. right. I'll take Thanks, that as <laughs> an
2: Okay, good night, everybody. And I love you. Bye.
1: Thank you. Good night. Yes. Oh,
2: Wolfram. Oh,
0: get the yes. w- w- website one more time. The website. Yes, in, uh, absolutely.
1: That's hypoglycemia.org. That's H Y P O. G-L-Y-C-E-M-I-A, hypoglycemia.org. And uh, like I said, it's just loaded with information. We designed it to be easy to navigate. There's uh, six main menu areas, and uh, it's all color-coded so you know what section you're in. And I think uh, if you're not impressed, let us know. We, we love uh, feedback and even criticism. We're here to serve you, and um, we welcome any input and suggestions. So please let us know what you think.
3: All right.
2: Thank
0: you, guys. You guys have a blessed week. Make you it too. Say, thank okay, you. And I love you for sharing this. I love what you're doing, Roberta. You know I love it. I love it. I love it. So I thank you so much it's for feeling being Feeling mutual. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Right, thank you. Guys, right. Take care and have a great right. night. Bye now. We'll, Bye-bye. All right. To my, uh, for your health listening audience, I, I want to remind you guys, all the information you heard tonight is information presented here it's for information on education. It should not be construed as offering medical advice or diagnosis for any treatment or illness or injury or condition, uh, condition, Um. check with your physician. That's what I'm going to say, but this information is so powerful. So many times i watch the evening news. I see people um, that's depressed, mentally ill, um, they're being shot by police officers, the officers, they're sick too. We have a community that is And if we go back to eating the right food, I think we have a calm, as you heard me say this, calm community and a safe community because the food we're eating is not safe for us. And so we have to pick, know what that food looks like and go how about preparing it. So please check out their website and take time with our children that we're feeding them healthy food. You know how I feel about our, my classes that I've offered. One of them is the Labor of Love class, which is a class for young women and men that you clean up your gut before you're pregnant, uh, thinking about having babies because what we feed our soul and inside our gut affects the baby, affects the next generation. So I want us to know that we can have healthy, sound babies by what we eat, and we can have a healthy, sound mind by what we put in that gut because what goes in the gut do affects the brain. So please take note of that. And if you have family with some mental illness and emotional illness, start looking at some of the things on their website because I know it's powerful and it's, and it's true because I've seen it work in so many people. And I want us to be in well mind and healthy and live a long life. All right, so I just want to thank my listening audience. Tomorrow is Memorial Day, and I want to wish you guys a safe Memorial Day. And we take time to reflect on the men and women who serve and allow us to live peacefully in this country, hopefully. um, Well, not all the way peaceful, but I know we're not like in some other countries where the people uh, are uh, afraid to walk the streets and uh, are being bombed. Even by their own government, so hopefully, you know, we just stay healthy and in a peaceful mind as in the United States and for our military men and their families, we just
4: pray for them, helping.
0: All right, everyone, long week. Have a safe week. Bye.